Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In this episode, I'm going to welcome you back to my random ponderings and musings about terms that just hit a little differently today. Um, And that term is defending honor. Um, I'm a recovering human in a lot of ways, and by that I mean that I was in a a place both religiously and secularly that was not very good and well towards other humans a while back. I have uh, told a few people now when they ask about younger Nathaniel that I view him as an asshole. Um, And I don't mean that I was a terrible human, but I was not a very kind or well-grounded person at points. And I leaned more into some extreme views of things. Um, I have since had the great blessing to have wonderful people in my life who have challenged me and stood with me while I wrestled and came to uh, terms and answers to some questions on my own or through coming to terms with needing to ask for help and getting emotionally, logically, or spiritually to a different place. Uh, Something I recommend for everyone is to find someone who is, is safe to ask questions and stick with those people who will push back a healthy amount on what you say and what you believe. It'll help you grow. Um, For another example, to that point, a dear friend when I went for my first degree was a a staunch atheist, and we debated at lunch two to three times a week, and we worked together. So it would happen at our job sometimes. Those conversations were civil, and they made me grow and examine so many things. It was where I first reconciled that science is not at war with Christian beliefs. Um, But I had to debate, go research both science, the Bible, and ask some hard questions to get there. So get you someone like that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, back to defending our honor. um, Or defending honor. Um... I gave all that preface because I was watching this EDC video today on YouTube, um, which stands for Everyday Carry. Um, It's often associated with people who carry firearms and such, but it simply refers to the things that you never leave the house with. So for me, uh, for instance, I always have a pen, a flashlight, a multi-tool, a lighter, and a pocket notebook, Um, and a a knife. Uh, That is my general everyday carry because I use those tools most every day. Um, And I was watching this video about the ethos of each item that this person was carrying. They broke it into different categories and one of which was the diffusing items, things to try to diffuse any escalating situation to to pair with words or when words stop being effective. Um, A caveat that they gave at one point was, I'm at the point in my life where I don't go to start fights, and I don't care about defending my honor. I just want to get out of the situation as fast and as safe as possible. Call me what you want, I don't care. End quote. Um, and that is a general principle that I would identify with, but I was struck by the phrasing about defending my honor. 
I realized that I struggle with that today at times, though it usually looks something like trying to make sure that my position is understood and not misconstrued. Um, but this idea of defending our honor has been, um, I guess, kind of buzzing around in my brain or bugging me a little bit. The term and the use is actually more prevalent in society than one might initially think. Um, how many times can you think of, have you seen a film or a show where the trope played out something to the following effect? Um, guy says something to a girl, the boyfriend steps in to defend her honor or make you apologize for what you said. Or two people are arguing and uh, the instigation point is insulting this guy's mom or girlfriend or family's honor. It happens fairly often in the scheme of things. Sometimes it isn't a fight for that particular moment, but it surfaces later when you get to the climactic scene later on, or when the hero gets the girl away from the guy, or takes over their company, or something like that. Um, it becomes a long-term um, motivation to best that person who offended their honor. Uh, even at the celebrity level, people still get into fights to defend someone's honor. Because uh, I am uh, was really into all the cast of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean for a while. I remember in, I think it's 2014, Orlando Bloom and Justin Bieber had uh, gone to blows because Bieber had something to offend Bloom's ex-wife. Uh, till Lindemann, a musician I follow, got uh, he got angry and punched a guy at a hotel lobby for insulting one of his female companions in 2019. You know, Johnny Depp's defamation hearing about Amber Heard was a lot of things, but the whole defamation thing is about his reputation, his honor. That was just this year. People verbally went to bat for uh, Chris Pratt to defend his honor when he was chosen to be voted off of an opinion poll about which of these four handsome white celebrity men has to go. Kind of a ridiculous example, but this is the world we live in now. The physicality of defending in the spotlight is mostly just done in sports. But go back to the early 1900s and prior, and duels, brawls, and the like were normal. The challenge, defend your honor, sir, was, was normative, and you had to be well articulate or well backed up not to take that challenge. You know, Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite presidents, had several duels. Um, and this is not just a masculine thing e either. I've witnessed several street fights where one woman called another woman a hussy or something derogatory, and they fought over their reputations or honor. This also goes back into history. Uh, Princess Pauline Metternich and Countess Anastasia Kalamanek, Kalamansk dueled in 1892. Asare del Casavir and Miss Shelby in 1886. There's one historical account called the Petticoat Duel of 1972, where Lady Almarie Braddock and Miss Elphinstone dueled because one insulted the other. They dueled by pistols, then swords, until one decided her honor was satisfied. Which is fascinating. And you can look to the um, 
to the play Hamilton to even see this idea of honor very prevalent throughout being defended defended in a couple duels. Um, there's a uh, there's books to discuss what is permissible ways of defending someone's honor even um, in a paper um, put out by a student at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Cary Law School. Um, someone examined uh, uh, this idea and a quote by Helen Frau, who wrote a book called Defensive Killings, Self-Defense, Honor, Necessity. I'm not sure I want to read the book. Um, but in the book, Frau argues that some cases of seemingly futile self-defenses are actually instances of justifiable defense of a victim's honor. This book came out in 2018, and the examining of that book um, in that uh, University of Pennsylvania Law School uh, came out the same year. So fairly recently, this is being examined in law to the point of violence for defending honor is still something considered valid in the United States and in other parts of the world in our law system. Some of this is outdated, you know, uh, some of the, the, the duels and whatnot or, or uh, mentalities or toxic ones that prevailed across history. Um, but some things still remain considered toxic masculinity as one, um, where there's needlessly aggressive and violent means to which men will assert their power and supposed superiority. This may have been a reasonable tactic in hunter-gatherer times where communication was different and where territory and survival were not really something that was debated and civilly discussed. I suppose you can make some arguments in the Middle Ages about things to the same extent, but I struggle sometimes to see where there needed to be so much biggest dickus-like behavior, which that's a Monty Python reference if you aren't familiar. Um, my point, though, is that needless aggression is not necessary. And if we follow Jesus' instructions and, you know, the quote, common courtesy, golden rule, and actually embodied the fruit of the spirit, we'd not be using those aggressive means to begin with. This defending of honor is not just a general society issue, though. It affects our faith. Consider how many extremist groups are violent and have toxic and violent traits inherent to their functions in the world. And many have some religious tie-in jihadists, crusaders, the KKK, and I don't need to delve into all of them, but there's just a few. Let's look at Western Christianity today. How many in the evangelical wing of Christianity has this inerrant need to defend God, defend God's honor, if you will, by their understanding? At one of the many LifePoint churches, um, a pastor gave a sermon uh, in February of last year titled, Will You Defend God's Honor? And in it, he says, What we need to learn from this story, what drove David to fight Goliath, was his overwhelming desire to defend God in the glory of God. End quote. 
this pastor, at another point in phrasing the hero- heroic actions of the boy David, says, David was willing to throw himself on the hand grenade to ensure that God's name and God's glory weren't damaged. While everyone else was running, David said, I'll go. Someone has to stand up for God. And this pastor goes on to their conclusion, saying that based on the accounts of the Bible and history that they believe, God is still looking for people who will stand up for God. Now, I believe that this pastor is trying to be the most faithful that they can be, and I'm not using these words to attack them. In that sermon, they pose a great thought experiment about what would happen if we actually sought the Lord in all the little and large things of our day. But I believe that the words in this sermon, and ones like this, where it is talking about defending God's honor and standing up for God, that these are lacking in some ways the full picture. And I'm sure someone might be thinking something to the effect um, that, you know, God did call David to stand up to the Philistines. Moses was told to go into battle with other peoples. Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many others did allude or illustrate the questions of who would not stand with God. And while that is true, I think we miss the point when we think that we have to defend God or defend God's honor in an ill sense. Uh, In another sermon submitted to a pre-written sermon website, which is is its own issue, The contributor wrote a sermon for use titled, Defend God's Honor. And they use some texts from Acts and Romans, uh, which I went back and looked at in Greek, and nothing in my opinion, when translating these, can be translated to something about defending God's honor. It can be construed by the actions of Paul, I suppose. Um... But I will not give you all the points of the sermon, but it essentially plays to our emotions trying to guilt us that we don't love God enough to get angry and launch into action the moment God is dishonored. Um, I tried to go from memory notes and then I googled and searched for quite some time and I did not see a verse in the Bible that when I examined the translation, I read through the entirety of the context that it called for us to defend God's honor in the way that the term is understood today. Or even within the last several hundred years of history. I think that this toxic idea leads to militaristic justification, as is the case in the Crusades and other examples across history. Uh, Even today... I have seen people justify physically attacking people because they insulted their faith, their church, and their God. One major problem that I see is that we assume that God needs to be defended because we in our human nature and long history of physicality and more recently verbally attacking others, we have decided that if we do not see God come down and smite someone, we need to go do it for God, or for God. Uh, 
Like I just mentioned, this is not just physically attacking, though. I, it, I cannot stand being on Facebook hardly anymore because so many people I see just viciously post insults and attacks because someone does not believe how they believe or what they believe. I saw a post the other day on social media where someone posted something bad that happened to them and a comment was that, as a sinner, this was their just rewards. I'm getting a little side tangent, tangent, tangenty here. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make in all of this, and I hope that you're seeing, is that we assume that God needs to be defended. That God needs defending. And that's... God does not need you or I to come to rescue God's honor. Should we state what we believe and speak up for what we believe and speak in defense of that? Absolutely. In a reasonable and respectful way. However, if your actions are treating the Creator, the only true Savior, the one that we put our hopes and prayers in, like a fragile being, what does that say about what you believe? You know, go read Job 38. Pretty sure God makes a clear point that they are outside our understanding and hugely able to do what it is they need to. Consider that when we respond in an explosive and defensive manner that we often make ourselves and whatever or whomever we are defending look fragile, small, or weak. We also choose at that point to take revenge or vengeance or the authority to enact judgment into our own hands. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We also completely disregard Jesus' teachings when we think that we have to get big and explosive and violent and belligerent or any other adjective to that extent that you can think of. You know, go read Matthew 5. It is a chunky chapter of the Bible thick with information and chock full of directions, commands, advice. It is a fantastic chapter. From it, we get things like turn the other cheek, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful. If someone would sue you and take your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. If you're ashamed, defamed, dishonored, whatever, you are still called to be Christ-like. And here's an entire chapter talking about how to be Christ-like. Just one chapter in a big old Bible. Not once does it declare, Stand, good sir, and defend your honor. Madam, defend your words in a duel, or let your honor fall like your values. Stand up and defend the honor of God that some oaf just stole with some words. When it comes to defending our honor, in my musing and ponderings on this, I think we need to remember that if we conduct ourselves honorably, whatever that may mean for our context, that is the important thing. If we are more concerned about our or someone else's honor, that we have to attack and harm someone in some way, we have lost ourselves to emotions and manipulation. And when it comes to our actions as Christians, we absolutely are called to speak truth and to speak the gospel message to those around us. And when we are challenged, we should speak out that gospel message even louder so that our example will be honoring to God. 
and I could absolutely go on longer, and perhaps we will in another episode. But I think you can see the, the point. I hope that you can see the point that I'm making here. Um, but we'll call it here for today. I would love to know what you think. What are your thoughts about this episode? What are your thoughts about phrase defending the honor? Defend your honor. Defend God's honor. Um, now reach out. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what you have to say, what your own experience may be in this realm. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on any other episode of the podcast or what you'd love to see on a future episode of the podcast. Down in the show notes are all of the ways you can get in contact with me. You can go through email, through social media, um, through our website. Reach out. As always, I hope that you are doing well. Know that God loves you no matter what. There is nothing that you or anyone else can do about that. And we'll see you in the next episode.